0: Aloha, I'm Felicia Miller-Johnson, and I conduct work-life video interviews with career professionals that become an all-intuitive conversation. Aloha, and welcome to another episode of All Intuitive Conversation. I'm Felicia Miller-Johnson, and my purpose is to bring light that encourages people to live smart and ascend to new levels of success in their work and their life. I had the pleasure of connecting today with Lorraine.
1: Aloha, Lorraine. Hi, Felicia. It's so lovely to be here with you today.
0: It is lovely to connect with you. So you and I have not met before. And so this is my first opportunity of getting to share energy and space with you. So thank you for being open to having this conversation with me. And so I was looking at your your profile and there were some things I was already aligning with, um, with that. But well, what I want to start with first is tell me a little bit about who Lorraine
1: is. Yes, well... I do wanna say first that who I am now is really different from what I was a long time ago, and I'm very grateful for that. um, And it's something I, I, my most recent project is a memoir I wrote about my life called Angels and Earthworms, An Unexpected Journey to Joy, Love and Miracles. And what I realized writing that memoir was how all the things I thought were dead ends or all the big mistakes I thought I made actually led me to where I am right now, which is a place I'm very grateful for. So um, briefly, I grew up in Southern California, I, in a very conservative Christian community, and I was a little misfit Jewish girl there. And I left LA and um, traveled some and, uh Lived in Mexico for a little while and fell in love with intercultural communication. Um, went back to school to become, um, to teach, to learn how to be in English as a second language professor. Yeah. And uh, was a tenured professor for a while. Um, also came out as a lesbian and found true love. And um, I uh, was unfortunately bullied and mobbed at this toxic academic institution Institution, and though I love my students, I prayed for a new career and prayed to get out of there, and um, found my way to the conflict transformation field, where and I'm a, a I blog, I coach, I teach, I um, I help uh, leaders in organizations to learn how to navigate conflict better, forgive themselves and each other. And then I was called to write a memoir about my whole journey. So it's kind of an amazing ride.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's interesting because you already had like two cars that came out. And one of them uh, was this the rainbow and this happy um, family, right? But what is family is depicted as? the what you know the traditional homogenes but it says a happy marriage happily happily ever after emotional contentment a loving relationship of children raising children wisely and successfully people you can trust um so that kind of stood out when you were talking about that you know you were living this whole other life what people think is the rainbow but ironically enough rainbows also often symbolizes the <laughs> next community um, I mean, Yeah. So I was like, okay, that's, that's connecting um, with you. My,
1: my now wife and I have been together 32 years and we are happily married and oh. I, we're raising our inner children. We don't have <laughs> actual children. <laughs> but it's, what
0: is interesting is that, you know, children, like you said, define that. And that, that can be lots of different things. You know, people have relationships that are considered to be children. They're nothing related whatsoever, um, but still can care for them in that mother figure type divine feminine energy, right? Um, so yeah, it's not even so much that having given birth to to children. Um, well, next what also came out was this young man here, and there's this whole dragon, and he has this fire and this flame, and this then- in this passion thing going on. And it says optimistic, creative, impatient, news of exciting opportunities, allowing your creativity to soar, do things that fuel your passion, finish what you start. So the conflict resolution, what sparked that field for you?
1: Well, I think there was two parallel tracks. One was, you know, my own personal spiritual path around forgiveness, around being a teacher about facilitation, but also when I was a tenured professor and department chair too at this college, um, it was a very toxic, racist, um, Hmm. pretty awful place to be. And I was mobbed, which is bullying by a group of administrators and uh, some other uh, instructors who, didn't like the package I was in, you know, that I was a Jewish lesbian, that I was outspoken, that I was good at what I did, that I stood up for people of color on the campus and for my immigrant students. And there was one moment where I was forced to participate in a so-called mediation that was actually a let's gang up on Lorraine and tell her how horrible she is session. And it was devastating and horrible, and I ended up with PTSD. However, at the same time, after I left, I thought, this can't be what a mediation is. (laughs) And so I went looking for information about mediation, found a training program in conflict resolution, as it was called then. And from my first class, I fell in love with the field. So while I was still full-time at the college, I got got certification in conflict resolution, discovered the whole new field of conflict coaching, where yeah. instead of sitting down with two angry people, you could start working with one person and their story and their internal conflicts. Mm-hmm. And um, I, it didn't happen gracefully the way I intended, but I was able to escape from academia and start the <laughs> <doing a> business. <laughs> Okay,
0: so that's definitely an experience. Um, the fact that a mediation that came into sound like intervention of wanting to change you, which was interesting because the next card that kind of came out was the theme of rest- receptivity. But it says the trigger, I am guarded. True statement, my heart is open. This is time for you to receive new information. Open your heart to receive it. So the question that comes here is that even though after that experience, how were you able to keep your heart open?
1: Oh, that's such a good question, Luisa. Well, you know, I was doing everything I could both practically and spiritually to survive and Um, one of the key pieces for me around my heart was about forgiveness. Um, There was this defining moment where one more egregious thing had happened. There were so many, you know. I walked out of my office into the lobby and in that moment I was filled with hatred for everybody I saw. I was so angry that in that moment I would, I felt like I could just, you know, Burn, burn up place. the place burn up the i was like, burn up the place <laughs> and as uh-huh. as i felt that i thought oh my god i'm in trouble you know because i'm not someone who wants to hate people or hold grudges mm-hmm. or be violent and i thought i already knew about forgiveness work and had started on a path of forgiveness and i said i have got to do forgiveness work mm-hmm. around these people not because I think what they're doing is okay, but because if I don't, I, my heart will shatter into a million bitter pieces and I will never recover. Mm-hmm. So I started praying for them all, every day. And my initial prayer was a little grudging. It was like, Grant, and I had a whole list of people, uh-huh. um, spiritual, emotional, and physical healing because they really need it. Yeah. <laughs> And the uh-huh. grand thing I want for myself, and over the years I've refined it to, I forgive these folks for all wrongs real and imagined. I accept they were doing the best they could with the inadequate tools they had, and I give them with love to the divine. And um, you know, of course, it didn't keep me totally safe or fix everything, but it did protect my heart um, because I, I got, as a side effect. I did find some compassion for them. And I realized that they were so terrified of change, especially these older white men were so terrified of losing their unearned privilege that they felt like I was attacking their very being and they were justified in doing anything to stop me. Of course, it was a very skewed way of looking at the world, but I was doing the forgiveness work for myself and my heart not for them.
0: (laughs) So you were being charitable in regards um, to that. And then what also came out here was you you were mastering your emotions.
1: Um, And (laughs) self-interest. Yes. Yes, yeah, and and not feeling like a victim. You know, Mm -hmm. recognizing, um, I mean, I loved my students and I liked teaching. And if it hadn't been for these horrific experiences, I might never have left. Mm. I, that wouldn't have been a tragedy, but the work I do around conflict transformation is truly my soul's purpose. And I might not have found it without that the alligators and dragons.
0: <laughs> right, <laughs>
1: in you it's know, what you
0: think is uh, attacking you. So what's interesting is that um, when
1: I was connecting with you, Lorraine, do you know what your name means? I've never been able to find what the name Lorraine means. Okay, So Lorraine means famous army.
0: Hmm. And what was connected and drawn to me was that now that you're in this work of conflict management, and oftentimes, when people may think of army, they think of war, conflict, all of all of that, right? So it's interesting that you your name actually kind of means that, but yet you're doing the opposite in order to help mediate conflict and arguments and everything, which is so interesting too. Because the central that I have to pick for today was. Peace. So I was like, of course, Uh, which is what she's she's all about in the peace. So Mm -hmm. what is it that you would say is one of the leading causes for people to have conflict?
1: Okay. Well, I do want to say that army could mean an array of tools, which is what I feel like I help people get an army of tools to help them with conflict. But you know, one of the things I, I kind of knew before, but I've come to understand even more about conflict and its sources, is mm-hmm. that depending which expert you talk to, between 60 and 90% of it is internal, which is why I love so much doing the one-on-one coaching. Because what I do with that is really listen to people's stories and how they see what's happening to them, how they see themselves and others and give them a lot of empathy. And then ever so gently, I start asking them, how might the other person see it? Could they have a different story? Could they have a different perspective? Because we often think that other people are doing things to us that they intend to harm us. And of course there are malicious people, but most people are just doodling along their own story and not realizing the impact they have on you. And when I've done this work, especially with two people at a, you know, like two people in the C-suite or managers who were in conflict, Mm -hmm. and I do this work with them separately, it opens their hearts. And they do understand that there are other ways of looking at what they thought was this fixed story of harm. (laughs) And when they do that, they can have a whole different kind of conversation,
0: indeed so it's like you're bringing nurturing which is this other card the head came out here the theme which is nurturing but the trigger statement a lot of conflict is like it's, it's all in my head and yeah. like a lot of times it's those thoughts that you think it's one thing but it's really something else like i said it's internal and so it's like you're helping to facilitate
1: those type of those conversations
0: um I have
1: a very dramatic example of this that I love to use with my clients and students. I mm-hmm. um, I had a new client. This was on Zoom, mm-hmm. and I'd forgotten to check that she'd paid me ahead of time. They usually pay me, you know, and uh, so I thought, well, well, you know she'll pay me afterwards. And we had the session, and ten minutes before the end of the session, which I thought was going well, she yeah. vanished, and first I thought it was a tech issue and I'm waiting for her to come back and she doesn't come back. And then I'm texting her and realized I only had a landline and then I tried leaving a voicemail. Nothing. And I didn't hear from her. And I had a whole story like, how could she ghost me like this? She's supposed to be working on being more in integrity as a professional. How could mm-hmm. she, even if she didn't want to keep working with me, blah, blah, blah. I had a real head of steam around it. So mm-hmm her one more time and then let go of it. And then I heard from her a month later. And at the moment she'd been on the Zoom call with me, a tree had fallen on her house. (laughs) And fortunately she was okay. Um, But uh, after I was, you know, glad she was okay and relieved that she hadn't ghosted me, I started laughing. Because The story I was telling and what had actually happened were so diametrically different. And it's a great example of how far off we can be in the way we frame things of what the other person's reality is.
0: Mm -hmm. You know what I love that you shared about that story is that although you are doing this work and you're coaching and developing other individuals, that you were vulnerable enough to share that story that even in the midst of that like it's still something that, as coaches as individuals that we still experiencing those challenges you know ourselves. and so i appreciate you being honest about that like yeah i created a whole story in my head she goes to me and you know a whole inner conflict and it was like oh she <laughs> Which is interesting this tree <laughs> but she had this whole tree to to fall yep. on her <laughs> house, right? Um, then I kind of made all of uh, all yep. of that up. So it's like, hmm, okay, got that. And
1: when I work with newer conflict resolution people, you know, conflict transformation people or or mediators, I always tell them that the most important thing they can do mm-hmm. to be good at this kind of work is to do their own inner work because you know, you know this, I'm sure, we can go a little bit past where we are personally because it's so much easier to see things for other people. And of course we can bring in our intuition and you know divine energy. But if we haven't done the work, we miss so much. And I know for me that the way I consciously tell stories on myself to my students and clients, it invites them to be vulnerable as well, to know that they don't have to be perfect to do this work, that we're all works in progress.
0: Yes, hmm, interesting. So I was wondering, I was like, okay, what is um, Lorraine channeling here for, because you mentioned Divine, and I was shuffling Divine, feminine um, decks. Like, what is she um, channeling here? And so what came out was Bridget, Uh The goddess of the internal flame. And it says, I am an internal flame and each day my light grows brighter. So, with this work, how do you ensure that your light is not blown out? Because (laughs) you deal with a lot of Mm -hmm. conflict. So how do you ensure that you stay encouraged that you stay lit like what practices do you do to maintain that light?
1: yeah well one thing is that um in terms of you know some people think conflict and they go ah. and, mm-hmm. I, and as long as I'm coaching people etc when it's conflict I think yum yum because <laughs> I've had so much success helping people that it nourishes me You know, that I'm able to help them open their hearts, able to help them forgive. So that's one thing. And um, I rely a lot on the divine. I I do channel intuitively, especially when I was starting with coaching, because Mm. training didn't feel adequate for that of how I wanted to work as a conflict transformation coach. Mm -hmm. So I relied on the divine. And also, I'm all. I'm. I'm humbly aware that I'm always learning and growing and trying to get better, and that helps yes. me. Once too, that it's not just about putting out; it's about taking in new information. And um, writing the memoir, which has been a whole other journey in itself, has also nourished me. Of, um, I mean, I launched the book um, mm-hmm. about six weeks ago and i did it it was a five-year process to to write the book get a lot of help with the book overcome all the writer's blocks and the inner criticism says who do you think you are to write a book and um the the fact that i'm putting it out there sometimes feels overwhelming but it mm. also nourishes me and um and I love taking long walks and I pray and meditate and I spend time with my wife. And I have to remind myself a lot that I'm not in charge. I'm mm-hmm. not in my life. I'm not in charge of my client's life. I'm not in charge of how much my book sells. And when I remember that all I can do is, you know, look in my heart and my spirit in my head and mm-hmm. um, think, you know, keep working on my attitude and love, um, That helps me, too. Love that. So, Bridget had some encouraging
0: words. So, this is what this card says. There's one moment when you're making your way through the dark, and suddenly after what feels like days or months or even years, as you're talking about writing this book for five years, a ray of light comes through to you. A lightning happens. Each step isn't quite as hard to make as the one before, and you feel a great shift begin, as if now you're headed towards something new, something even brighter. Bridget is the essence of the first flame, that first ray of light. Bridget reminds us that the darkness never lasts. Bridget's internal flame represents the truth that the light never leaves us and can never be extinguished. It simply gets obscured or blocked from us. She reminds us that every day is actually filled with light, that there are many days and times in our lives when we endure thick cloud cover, which sounds like that's what you endured. For years at that institution when that flame that exists within us is blocked by pain or confusion bridget is the sweet sound that reaches us in the dark and reminds us that we have never been on this journey alone bridget is our sign that the dawn is here because we have made it through the dark winter we can lift our head the healing has happened and now each next day is bound to be brighter
1: Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. So she that, is convinced. Something the goddess said to me recently in channeling yeah. you was uh, You will find your way. You will find your way. You will find your way. I am with you, and you cannot get lost.
0: You cannot. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah, Lorraine, thank you so much for connecting with me today. So if those are out there and they're thinking, they're like, hey, I want to connect with Lorraine. She has conflict management skills.
1: How can they reach you? Well, you can reach me through my website, conflictremedy.com. And um, that's also where you can find out about my memoir, Angels and Earthworms, Mm -hmm. places to get it. And I have two newsletters, one for Conflict Remedy and one for the book with special offers and little excerpts from it and little spiritual things. So I would love to connect with people either way and you can find both of them remedy.com
0: Awesome. Well thank you so much for connecting with us. Thank you for those that have oh yeah something else. Uh-huh.
1: If since we were talking about forgiveness, if they do sign up for the Bookie Chronicles mm-hmm. newsletter, um, which is available through conflictremedy.com slash book I My free uh, gift to people is two forgiveness prayers that they get right away.
0: Love that. So you don't have to wait to get the the information. So I love that right away. So thank you for those that have watched. I do hope that you have been encouraged to live smart and ascend to new levels of success. And until we meet again, this has been an all-intuitive conversation.